Act One of the Tragedy of King Lear by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One, Scene One, A Room of State in King Lear's Palace. Enter Kent, Gloucester, and Edmund. I thought the king had more affected the Duke of Albany than Cornwall. It did always seem so to us, but now, in the division of the kingdom, it appears not which of the dukes he values most, for qualities are so weighed that curiosity in neither can make choice of either's merity. Is not this your son, my lord? His breeding, sir, hath been at my charge. I have so often blushed to acknowledge him that now I am raised to it. I cannot conceive you. Sir, this young fellow's mother could, <laughs> whereupon she grew round-wound, and had indeed, sir, a son for her cradle, ere she had a husband for her bed. Do you smell a fault? I cannot wish the fault undone, the issue of it being so proper. But I have a son, sir, by ward of law, some year elder than this, who yet is no dearer in my account, though this knave came something saucily to the world before he was sent for, yet was his mother fair. There was good sport at his making, and the horse must be acknowledged. Do you know this noble gentleman, Edmund? No, my lord. My lord of Kent, remember him hereafter as my honourable friend. My services to your lordship. I must love you and sue to know you better. Sir, I shall study deserving. He has been out nine years, and away he shall again. Ah, the king is coming. Senate within. Enter Lear, Cornwall, Albany, Goneril, Regan, Cordelia, and attendants. Attend the lords of France and Burgundy Gloucester. I shall, my lord. Exeunt Gloucester and Edmund. Meantime, we shall express our darker purpose. Give me the map there. Know that we have divided in three our kingdom, and it is our first intent to shake all cares and business from our age, conferring them on younger strengths while we unburdened crawl toward death. Our son of Cornwall, and you, our no less loving son of Albany, we have this hour a constant will to publish. Our daughter's several dowers, that future strife may be prevented now. The princes, France and Burgundy, great rivals in our youngest daughter's love, long in our court have made their amorous sojourn. And here are to be answered. Tell me, my daughters, since now we will divest us both of rule, interest of territory, cares of state. Which of you shall we say doth love us most, that we our largest bounty may extend, when nature doth with merit challenge Goneril? Our eldest-born, speak first. Sir, 
I love you more than word can wield the matter, dearer than eyesight, space, and liberty, beyond what can be valued, rich or rare, no less than life, with grace, health, beauty, honor, as much as child e'er loved or father found, a love that makes breath poor and speech unable, beyond all manner of so much I love you. Cordelia aside. What shall Cordelia speak? Love and be silent. Of all these bounds, even from this line to this, with shadowy forests, and with champagnes richard, with plenteous rivers and wide skirted meads, we make thee lady, to thine an Urbany's issue. Be this perpetual what says our second daughter our dearest regan wife of cornwall speak sir i am made of the self metal as my sister and prize me at her worth in my true heart i find she names my very deed of love only she comes too short that i profess myself an enemy to all other joys which the most precious square of sense possesses and find i am alone felicitate in your dear highness love cordelia aside then poor cordelia and yet not so since i am sure my love's more ponderous than my tongue to thee and thine hereditary ever remain this ample third of our fair kingdom no less in space validity and pleasure than that conferred on goneril now our joy although the last and least to whose young love the vines of france and milk of burgundy strive to be interest what can you say to draw a third more opulent than your sisters speak nothing my lord nothing 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 will come of nothing speak again unhappy that i am i cannot heave my heart into my mouth i love your majesty according to my bond no more nor less how how cordelia mend your speech a little lest you mar your fortunes good my lord you have begot me bred me loved me I return those duties back as are right fit, obey you, love you, and most honour you. Why have my sisters husbands if they say they love you all? Happily, when I shall wed, that lord whose hand must take my plight shall carry half my love with him, half my care and duty. Sure I shall never marry like my sisters to love my father all but goes thy heart with this ay my good lord so young and so untender so young my lord and true let it be so thy truth then be thy dower for by the sacred radiance of the sun the mysteries of hecate and the night by all the operation of the orbs from whom we do exist and cease to be here i disclaim all my paternal care propinquity and property of blood 
and as a stranger to my heart and me, hold thee from this for ever, the barbarous Scythian, or he that makes his generation messes to gorge his appetite shall to my bosom be as well neighboured, pitied, and relieved as thou, my sometime daughter. Good, my liege. Peace, Kent. Come not between the dragon and his wrath. I loved her most and thought to set my rest on her kind nursery. To Cordelia. Hence, and avoid my sight. So be my grave, my peace, as sure I give her father's heart from her. Call France. Who stirs? Call Burgundy. Call Moran Albany. With my two daughters' dowers, digest this third. Let pride, which she calls plainless, marry her. I do invest you jointly with my power, preeminence, and all the large effects that troop with majesty. Ourself, by monthly course, with reservations of an hundred knights, by you to be sustained, shall our abode make with you by due turn. Only we shall retain the name, and all the additions to a king, the sway, revenue, execution of the rest, beloved sons, be yours, which to confirm this coronet part between you. Giving the crown. Royal Lear, whom I have ever honoured as my king, loved as my father, as my master followed, as my great patron thought on in my prayers. The bow is bent and drawn. Make from the shaft. Let it fall, rather, though the fork invade the region of my heart. Be Kent unmannerly when Lear is mad. What wouldst thou do, old man? Think'st thou that duty shall have dread to speak when power to flattery bows? To plainness honours bound when majesty falls to folly. Reverse thy state, and in thy best consideration check this hideous rashness. Answer my life, my judgment, thy youngest daughter does not love thee least, nor are those empty-hearted, whose low sounds reverb no hollowness. Kent, on thy life no more. My life I never held but as a pawn to wage against thine enemies, ne'er fair to lose it, thy safety being the motive. Out of my sight! See better, Lear, and let me still remain the true blank of thine eye. Now, by Apollo! Now, by Apollo, king, thou swearest thy gods in vain. Oh, vassal, miscreant! Laying his hand on his sword. Dear, Dear sir, sir, forbear! forbear. Kill thy physician, and the fee bestow upon the foul disease. Revoke thy gift, or whilst I can vent clamour from my throat, I'll tell thee thou dost evil. Shear me, recreant, on thine allegiance hear me. Since thou hast sought to make us break our vows, which we durst never yet, and with strained pride to come betwixt our sentences and our power, which nor our nature nor our place can bear. Our potency made good, take thy reward. Five days we do allot thee for provision, to shield thee from disasters of the world, and on the sixth to turn thy hatred back upon our kingdom, if on the next day following thy banished trunk be found in our dominion. The moment is thy death. Away, by Jupiter! This shall not be revoked. 
fare thee well king saith thus thou wilt appear freedom lives hence and banishment is here to cordelia the gods to their dear shelter take thee maid that justly think'st and hast most rightly said to goneril and regan and your large speeches may your deeds approve that good effects may spring from words of love thus kent o princes bid you all adieu he'll shape his old course in a country new exit flourish re-enter gloucester with france burgundy and attendants here's france and burgundy my noble lord my lord of burgundy we first address towards you who with this king hath rivalled for our daughter what in the least will you require in present dower with her or cease your quest of love most royal majesty i crave no more than hath your highness offered nor will you tender less right noble burgundy when she was dear to us we did hold her so but now her price is fallen sir there she stands if aught within that little seeming substance or all of it with our displeasure pieced and nothing more may fitly like your grace she is there and she is yours i know no answer will you with those infirmities she owes unfriended new adopted to our hate dowered with our curse and strangered with our oath take her or leave her pardon me royal sir election makes not up in such conditions then leave her sir for by the powers that made me i tell you all her wealth to france for you great king i would not from your love make such a stray to match you where i hate therefore beseech you to avert your liking a more worthier way than on a wretch whom nature is ashamed almost to acknowledge hers this is most strange that she whom even but now was your best object the argument of your praise balm of your age the best the dearest should in this trice of time commit a thing so monstrous to dismantle so many folds of favour sure her offence must be of such unnatural degree that monsters it or your forevouched affection fall into taint which to believe of her must be a faith that reason without miracle should never plant in me i yet beseech your majesty if for i want that glib and oily art to speak and purpose not since what i well intend i'll do it before i speak that you make known it is no vicious blot murder or foulness no unchaste action or dishonoured step that has deprived me of your grace and favour but even for want of that for which i am richer a still soliciting eye and such a tongue as i am glad i have not though not to have it hath lost me in your liking better thou hadst not been born than not to have pleased me better is it but this a tardiness in nature which often leaves the history unspoke that it intends to do my lord of burgundy what say you to the lady 
loves not love when it is mingled with regards that stand aloof from the entire point will you have her she is herself a dowry royal king give but that portion which yourself proposed and here i take cordelia by the hand duchess of burgundy nothing i have sworn i am firm i am sorry then you have so lost a father that you must lose a husband peace be with burgundy since that respects of fortunes are his love i shall not be his wife fairest cordelia that art most rich being poor most choice forsaken and most loved despised thee and thy virtues here i seize upon be it lawful i take up what's cast away gods gods tis strange that from their colds neglect my love should kindle to inflamed respect thy dowerless daughter king thrown to my chance is queen of us of ours and our fair france not all the dukes of waterish burgundy can buy this unprized precious maid of me bid them farewell cordelia though unkind thou losest here a better where to find hm, thou hast her france let her be thine for we have no such daughter nor shall ever see that face of hers again therefore be gone without our grace our love our benison come noble burgundy flourish exeunt lear burgundy cornwall albany gloucester and attendants bid farewell to your sisters the jewels of our father with washed eyes cordelia leaves you i know you what you are and like a sister am most loath to call your faults as they are named love well our father to your professed bosoms i commit him but yet alas stood i within his grace i would prefer him to a better place so farewell to you both prescribe not us our duties let your study be to content your lord who hath received you at fortune's arms you have obedience scanted and well are worth the one that you have wanted time shall unfold what plighted cunning hides who covers faults at last shame derides well may you prosper come my fair cordelia exeunt france and cordelia sister it is not little i have to say of what most nearly appertains to us both i think our father will hence to-night that's most certain and with you next month with us you see how full of changes his age is the observation we have made of it hath not been little he always loved our sister most and with what poor judgment he hath now cast her off appears too grossly tis the infirmity of his age yet he hath ever but slenderly known himself the best and soundest of his time hath been but rash then must we look from his age to receive not alone the imperfections of long engrafted condition but therewithal the unruly waywardness that infirm and choleric years bring with them such unconstant starts are we like to have from him as this of kent's banishment there is further compliment of leave taken between france and him 
pray you let us sit together if our father carry authority with such disposition as he bears this last surrender of his will but offend us we shall further think of it we must do something and in the heat exeunt scene two a hall in the earl of gloucester's castle enter edmund with a letter thou nature art my goddess to thy law my services are bound wherefore should i stand in the plague of custom and permit the curiosity of nations to deprive me for that i am some twelve or fourteen moonshine's lag of a brother why bastard wherefore base when my dimensions are as well compact my mind as generous and my shape as true as honest madam's issue why brand they us with base with baseness bastardy base base who in the lusty stealth of nature take more composition and fierce quality than doth within a dull stale tired bed go to the creating a whole tribe of fops got tween asleep and wake well then legitimate edgar i must have your land our father's love is to the bastard edmund as to the legitimate fine word legitimate well my legitimate if this letter speed and my invention thrive edmund the base shall top the legitimate i grow i prosper now gods stand up for bastards enter gloucester kent banished thus and france in cola parted and the king gone to-night prescribed his power confined exhibition all this done upon the guard edmund how now what news so please your lordship none putting up the letter why so earnestly seek you to put up that letter i know no news my lord what paper were you reading nothing my lord no what needed then that terrible dispatch of it into your pocket? The quality of nothing hath not such need to hide itself. Let's see. Come, if it be nothing, I shall not need spectacles. I beseech you, sir, pardon me. It is a letter from my brother that I have not all read, and for so much as I have perused, I find it not fit for your o'erlooking. Give me the letter, sir. I shall offend either to detain or give it. The contents, as in part I understand them, are to blame. Let's see! Let's see! I hope, for my brother's justification, he wrote this but as an essay, or taste of my virtue. Gloucester reads. <laughs> this policy and reverence of age makes the world bitter to the best of our times keeps our fortunes from us till our oldness cannot relish them i begin to find an idle and fond bondage in the oppression of aged tyranny who sways not as it hath power but as it is suffered come to me 
that of this time may speak more if our father would sleep till i waked him you should enjoy half his revenue for ever and live the beloved of your brother edgar oh, conspiracy sleep till i wake him you should enjoy half his revenue <laughs> my son edgar has he a hand to write this a heart and brain to breed it in when, when came this to you who brought it it was not brought me my lord there's the cunning of it i found it thrown in at the casement of my closet you know the character to be your brother's if the matter were good my lord i durst swear it were his but in respect of that i would fain think it were not it is his it is his hand my lord but i hope his heart is not in the contents has he never before sounded you in this business never my lord but i have heard him oft maintain it to be fit that sons at perfect age and fathers declined the father should be as ward to the son and the son manages revenue ah villain villain his very opinion in the letter abhorred villain unnatural detested brutish villain worse than brutish go sirrah seek him i'll apprehend him abominable villain where is he i do not well know my lord if it shall please you to suspend your indignation against my brother till you can derive from him better testimony of his intent you should run a certain course where if you violently proceed against him mistaking his purpose it would make a great gap in your own honour and shake in pieces the heart of his obedience i dare pawn down my life for him that he hath writ this to feel my affection to your honour and to no other pretence of danger think you so if your honour judge it meet i will place you where you shall hear us confer of this and by an auricular assurance have your satisfaction and that without any further delay than this very evening he cannot be such a, a monster nor is not sure to his father that so tenderly and entirely loves him heaven and earth edmund seek him out wind me into him i pray you frame the business after your own wisdom i would unstate myself to be in a due resolution i will seek him sir presently convey the business as i shall find means and acquaint you with all these late eclipses in the sun and moon portend no good to us though the wisdom of nature can reason thus and thus yet nature finds itself scourged by the sequent effects love cools friendship falls off brothers divide in cities mutinies and countries discord in palaces treason and the bonds cracked twixt son and father this villain of mine comes under the prediction there's son against father the king falls from bias of nature there's father against child we have seen the best of our time 
machinations hollowness treachery and all ruinous disorders follow us disquietly to our graves find out this villain edmund it shall lose thee nothing do it carefully and the noble and true-hearted kent banished here's the fence honesty tis strange exit this is the excellent foppery of the world that when we are sick in fortune often the surfeits of our own behaviour we make guilty of our disasters the sun the moon and the stars as if we were villains on necessity fools by heavenly compulsion knaves thieves and treachers by spherical predominance drunkards liars and adulterers by an enforced obedience of planetary influence and all that we are evil in by a divine thrusting on an admirable evasion of hormas to man to lay his goatish disposition to the charge of a star my father compounded with my mother under the dragon's tail and my nativity was under ursa major so that it follows i am rough and lecherous I should have been that I am, had the maidenly a star in the firmament twinkled on my bastardizing. Enter Edgar. Pat, he comes like the catastrophe of the old comedy. My cue is villainous melancholy, with a sigh, like Tom a Bedlam. Oh, these eclipses do portend these divisions. Ah, so la me. How now, brother Edmund? What serious contemplation are you in? I am thinking, brother, of a prediction I read this other day. What should follow these eclipses? Do you busy yourself with that? I promise you, the effects he writes of succeed unhappily, as of a naturalness between the child and the parent. Death, death, dissolutions of ancient amities, divisions in state, menaces and maledictions against king and nobles needless diffidences banishment of friends dissipation of cohorts nuptial breaches and i know not what how long have you been a sectary astronomical come come when saw you my father last the night gone by spake you with him ay two hours together Parted you in good terms? Found you no displeasure in him, by words nor countenance? None at all. Bethink yourself wherein you may have offended him, and let my entreaty forbear his presence until some little time hath qualified the heat of this displeasure, which at this instant so rages in him, that with the mischief of your person it would scarcely allay. Some villain hath done me wrong. That's my fear. I pray you. Have a continent forbearance till the speed of his rage goes slower, and, as I say, retire with me to my lodging, from whence I will fitly bring you to hear my lord speak. Pray ye, go. There's my key. If you do stir abroad, go armed. Armed, brother. Brother, I advise you to the best. I am no honest man, if there be any good meaning toward you. I have told you what I have seen and heard but faintly nothing like the image and horror of it pray you away 
shall i hear from you anon i do serve you in this business exit edgar a credulous father and a brother noble whose nature is so far from doing harms that he suspects none on whose foolish honesty my practices ride easy i see the business let me if not by birth have lands by wit all with me's meat that i can fashion fit exit scene three a room in the duke of albany's palace enter goneril and oswald did my father strike my gentleman for chatting of his fool ay madam by day and night he wrongs me every hour he flashes into one gross crime or other that sets us all at odds i'll not endure it his knights grow riotous and himself abrades us on every trifle when he returns from hunting i will not speak with him say i am sick if you come slag of former services you shall do well the fault of it i'll answer horns within he's coming madam i hear him put on what weary negligence you please you and your fellows i'd have it come to question if he distaste it led him to our sister whose mind and mine i know in that are one not to be overruled idle old man that still would manage those authorities that he hath given away now by my life old fools are babes again must be used with checks as flatteries when they are seen abused remember what i have said very well madam and let his knights have colder looks among you what grows of it no matter advise your fellow so i would breed from hence occasions and i shall that i may speak i write straight to my sister to hold my very course prepare for dinner Excellent. scene four a hall in albany's palace enter kent disguised if but as well i other accents borrow that can my speech diffuse my good intent may carry through itself to that full issue for which i've raised my likeness now banished kent if thou canst serve where thou dost stand condemned so may it come thy master whom thou lovest shall find thee full of labours horns within enter king lear knights and attendants let me not stay a jot for dinner go get it ready exit an attendant how now what art thou a man sir what dost thou profess what wouldst thou with us i do profess to be no less than i seem to serve him truly that will put me in trust to love him that is honest to converse with him that is wise and says little to fear judgment to fight what i cannot choose and to eat no fish what art thou a very honest-hearted fellow and as poor as the king if thou beest as poor for a subject that he's for a king thou art poor enough what wouldst thou service who wouldst thou serve you dost thou know me fellow no sir but you have that in your countenance which i would fain call master what's that authority what services canst thou do i can keep honest counsel 
ride run mar a curious tale in telling it and deliver a plain message bluntly that which ordinary men are fit for i am qualified in and the best of me is diligence how old art thou not so young sir to love a woman for singing nor so old to dote on her for anything i have years on my back forty-eight follow me thou shalt serve me if i like thee no worse after dinner i will not part from thee yet dinner ho oh, dinner where's my knave my fool go you and call my fool hither exit an attendant enter oswald you you sirrah where's my daughter so please you exit what says the fellow there call the clot-pole back exit a knight where's my fool oh i think the world's asleep re-enter knight how now where's that mongrel he says my lord your daughter is not well why came not the slave back to me when i called him sir he answered me in the roundest manner he would not he would not my lord i know not what the matter is but to my judgment your highness is not entertained with that ceremonious affection as you were wont there's a great abatement of kindness appears as well in the general dependence as in the duke himself also and your daughter huh, sayest thou so i beseech you pardon me my lord if i be mistaken for my duty cannot be silent when i think your highness wronged thou but rememberest me of mine own conception i have perceived a most faint neglect of late which i have rather blamed as my own jealous curiosity than as a very pretence and purpose of unkindness i will look further into it but where's my fool i have not seen him this two days since my young lady's going into france sir the fool hath much pined away no more of that i have noted it well go you and tell my daughter i would speak with her exit attendant go you call hither my fool exit another attendant re-enter oswald oh you sir you come you hither sir who am i sir my lady's father my lady's father my lord's knave you horse and dog you slave you cur i am none of these my lord i beseech your pardon do you bandy looks with me you rascal striking him i'll not be struck my lord nor trip neither you base football player tripping up his heels i thank thee fellow thou servest me and i'll love thee come sir arise away i'll teach you differences away away if you will measure your lover's length again tarry but away go to have you wisdom so pushes oswald out now my friendly knave i thank thee there's earnest of thy service giving kent money enter fool let me hire him too here's my coxcomb giving kent his cap how now my pretty knave how dost thou sirrah 
you were best take my coxcomb why fool why for taking one's part that's out of favour nay and thou canst not smile as the wind sits thou'lt catch cold shortly there take my coxcomb why this fellow has banished tuan's daughters and did the third a blessing against his will if thou follow him thou must needs wear my coxcomb how now uncle would i had two coxcombs and two daughters why my boy if i gave them all my living i'd keep my coxcombs myself there's mine beg another of thy daughters take heed sirrah the whip truce a dog must to kennel he must be whipped out when the lady brack may stand by the fire and stink a pestilent gall to me sirrah i'll teach thee a speech do mark it nuncle have more than thou showest speak less than thou knowest lend less than thou owest ride more than thou goest learn more than thou trowest set less than thou throwest leave thy drink and thy whore and keep in a door and thou shalt have more than two tenth to a score this is nothing fool <sighs> then tis like the breath of an unfeed lawyer you gave me nothing for it can you make no use of nothing nuncle why no boy nothing can be made out of nothing fool to kent prithee tell him so much the rent of his land comes to he will not believe a fool a bitter fool dost thou know the difference my boy between a bitter fool and a sweet one no lad teach me that lord that counselled thee to give away thy land come place him here by me do thou for him stand the sweet and bitter fool will presently appear the one in motley here the other found out there dost thou call me fool boy all thy other titles thou hast given away that thou wast born with this is not altogether fool my lord no faith lords and great men will not let me if i had a monopoly out they would have part on and ladies too they will not let me have all the fool to myself they'll be snatching nuncle give me an egg and i'll give thee two crowns what two crowns shall they be why after i cut the egg in the middle and eat up the meat the two crowns of the egg when thou clovest thy crown in the middle and gavest away both parts thou borest thine ass on thy back o'er the dirt thou hadst little wit in thy bald crown when thou gavest thy golden one away if i speak like myself in this let him 
be whipped that first finds it so fools had ne'er less grace in a year for wise men are grown foppish and know not how their wits to wear their manners are so apish when were you wont to be so full of songs sirrah i have used it nuncle ere since thou madest thy daughters thy mothers but when thou gavest them the rod and puts down thine own riches then they for sudden joy did weep and i for sorrow song that such a king should play bo-peep and go the fools among prithee nuncle keep a schoolmaster that can teach thy fool to lie i would fain learn to lie and you lie sirrah we'll have you wit i marvel what kin thou and thy daughters are <laughs> they'll have me wit for speaking true thou'lt have me whipped for lying and sometimes i'm wit for holding my peace <sighs> i had rather be any kind of thing than a fool and yet i would not be thee nuncle thou hast paired thy wit to both sides and left nothing in the middle Ooh, here comes one of the pairings enter goneril how now daughter what makes that frontlet on methinks you are too much of late to the frown thou wast a pretty fellow when thou hadst no need to care for her frowning now thou art an oh without a figure i am better than thou art now i am a fool thou art nothing <laughs> to goneril yes forsooth i will hold my tongue so your face bids me though <laughs> you say nothing mum mum he that keeps nor crust nor crumb weary of all shall want some pointing to lear that's a shield peace god not only sir this your all licensed fool but other of your insolent retinue do hourly carp and quarrel breaking forth in rank and not to be endured rise sir i had thought by making this well known unto you to have found a safe address but now grow fearful by what yourself too late have spoken done that you protect this course and put it on by your allowance which if you should the fault would not escape censure nor the redress asleep which in the tender of a wholesome wheel might in their work and do you that offence which else was shame that their necessity were called discreet proceeding for you know nanko the hedge sparrow fed the cuckoo so long that it had it had bit off by its young so out went the candle and we were left darkling oh, you are daughter come sir I would you would make use of that good wisdom whereof i know you are fraught and put away these dispositions which of late transform you from what you rightly are may um, not an ass know when the cart draws the horse <laughs> john <laughs> i love thee doth any here know me this is not leah doth leah walk thus speak thus where are his eyes 
either his notion weakens his discernings a lethargied ha waking tis not so who is it that can tell me who i am hmm lear's shadow i would learn that for by the marks of sovereignty knowledge and reason i should be false persuaded i had daughters which they will make an obedient father your name fair gentlewoman this admiration sir is much of the favour of other your new pranks i do beseech you to understand my purposes aright as you are old and reverend you should be wise here do you keep a hundred knights and squires men so disordered so debauched and bold that this our court infected with their manners shows like a riotous inn epicurism and lust makes it more like a tavern or a brothel than a graced palace the shame itself doth speak for instant remedy be then desired by her that else will take the thing she begs a little to disquantity your train and the remainder that shall still depend to be such men as may besort your age which know themselves and you darkness and devils settle my horse call my train together degenerate bastard i'll not trouble thee yet have i left a daughter you strike my people and your disordered rabble make servants of their betters enter albany woe the too late repents to albany oh, sir are you come is it your will speak sir prepare my horses ingratitude thou marbled-hearted fiend more hideous when thou showest the inner child than the sea-monster pray sir be patient lear to goneril detested kite thou liest my train are men of choice and rarest parts that all particulars of duty know and in the most exact regard support the worship of their name o oh, most small fault how ugly didst thou in cordelia show was like an engine wrenched my frame of nature from the fixed place threw from my heart all love and added to the girl oh lear 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 striking his head beat at this gate that let thy folly in and thy dear judgment out go go my people my lord i am guiltless as i am ignorant of what hath moved you it may be so my lord here nature here dear goddess here suspend thy purpose if thou didst intend to make this creature fruitful into her womb convey sterility dry up in her the organs of increase and from her derogate body never spring a babe to honour her if she must teem create her child of spleen that it may live and be a thwart disnatured torment to her let it stamped wrinkles in her brow of youth with cadent tears fret channels in her cheeks turn all her mother's pains and benefits to laughter and contempt that she may feel how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child away away exit now gods that we adore whereof comes this never afflict yourself to know more of it but let his disposition have that scope that dotage gives it re-enter lear what fifty of my followers at a clap 
within a fortnight what's the matter sir i'll tell thee to goneril life and death i am ashamed that thou hast power to shake my manhood thus that these hot tears which break from me perforce should make thee worth them blasts and fogs upon thee the untinted woundings of a father's curse pierce every sense about thee old fond eyes beweep this cause again i'll pluck ye out and cast you with the waters that you lose to temper clay ha let it be so i have another daughter who i am sure is kind and comfortable when she shall hear this of thee with her nails she'll flay thy wolfish visage thou shalt find that i'll resume the shape which thou dost think i have cast off for ever exeunt lear kent and attendants do you mark that i cannot be so partial goneril to the great love i bear you pray you content what oswald ho to the fool you sir more knave than fool after your master uncle lear uncle lear tarry and take the fool with thee a fox one one has caught her and such a daughter should sure to the slaughter if my cap would buy a halter so the fool follows after <laughs> exit this man hath had good counsel a hundred nights tis politic and safe to let him keep at point a hundred nights yes that on every dream each buzz each fancy each complaint dislike he may engard his dotage with their powers and hold our lives in mercy oswald i say well you may fear too far safer than trust too far let me still take away the harms i fear not fear still to be taken i know his heart what he hath uttered i have writ my sister if she sustains him in his hundred nights when i have showed the unfitness re-enter oswald how now oswald what have you writ that letter to my sister ay madam take you some company and away to horse inform her full of my particular fear and thereto add such reasons of your own as may compact it more get you gone and hasten your return exit oswald no no my lord this milky gentleness and course of yours though i condemn not yet under pardon you are much more attached for want of wisdom than praise for harmful mildness how far your eyes may pierce i cannot tell striving to better oft we mar what's well nay then well well the event exeunt scene five court before the duke of albany's palace enter lear kent and fool go you before to gloucester with these letters acquaint my daughter no further with anything you know than comes from her demand out of the letter if your diligence be not speedy i shall be there afore you i will not sleep my lord till i have delivered your letter exit if a man's brains were in his heels we're not in danger of kipes ay boy then i prithee be merry 
thy wit shall not go slipshod <laughs> shalt see thy other daughter will use thee kindly for mm, though she's as like this as a crab's like an apple yet i can tell what i can tell what canst tell boy she'll taste as like this as a crab does to a crab thou canst tell why one's nose stands in the middle on's face mm, no why to keep one's eyes of other side's nose that what a man cannot smell out he may spy into i did her wrong canst tell how an oyster makes his shell no nor i neither but i can tell why a snail has a house why <laughs> why to put set in not to give it away to his daughters and leave his horns without a case i will forget my nature so kind a father be my horses ready thy asses are gone about him the reason why the seven stars are no more than seven is a pretty reason because they are not eight yes indeed thou wouldst make a good fool to take it again perforce monster ingratitude if thou wert my fool uncle i'd have thee beaten for being old before thy time how's that thou shouldst not have been old till thou hadst been wise oh let me not be mad not mad sweet heaven keep me in temper i would not be mad enter gentleman how now are the horses ready ready my lord come boy she that's a maid now and laughs at my departure shall not be a maid long unless things be cut shorter <laughs> exeunt end of act one